We got some quick camp updates and then you and I together are going to learn all this new schematic stuff the Vikings are doing. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by better help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. So today's episode, I'm very, very, very excited about. Um, I have Sean Syed. You might know him on Twitter as Syed Schemes. And if you don't know him, he is a guy that is very, very well versed in McVeigh and Fangio schemes. That's what the Vikings are running here. It's going to be kind of like what we did on Monday, except Syed knows about 10 times as much about this stuff as I do, and I learned so much from him just in that conversation. Uh, I'm really excited to bring that to you. So before we get into it, um, let's quickly update you on the ins and outs of what's going on at training camp. Um, Christian Derisaw, is, I guess, the headline we haven't talked about. Everybody's really raving about him. I got into him a little bit yesterday, um, but people are, like, separately really raving about him. Brian O'Neill's got a lot of great stuff to say. He's holding his own against Daniel Hunter at, at times. Um, it's really cool. And then he had an arm issue of some sort and left practice. <laughs> it is, a, I guess, a little bit of an injury-plagued practice, but the injury, the injuries that are plaguing us all are fortunately looking to be pretty minor right now. Uh, word on the street is that Christian Derrissaw will be fine. We'll see how long it takes for him to get back. Um, but he looks like he's really taken a step forward. Um, Dalvin Cook still taking some carries despite his finger injury. And uh, Madison also taking carries still. So their injuries don't appear to be holding them back very much. Um, wouldn't e- expect to see either of those guys in the preseason, even if they were healthy. So whatever. Um, but it's nice to see that, you know, I highly doubt week one is in jeopardy for those guys. Um, and then camp is just kind of following the same patterns. I think what we noticed in those first couple days is really holding. Andrew Booth is playing really well. Dancer's playing up and down. Cam Bynum's getting a ton of praise, although he has also had some poor moments, but more good moments than poor moments. Um, there are some weird, sleepers that keep showing up like Myron Mitchell and uh, Tristan Jackson looks really fast. Like some sleeper guys that might uh, pop onto the roster guys that I definitely plan to look at. I will be there next week. Um, So I plan to take a look at that when I can see them all with my own eyes. Um, And just a lot of optimism kind of gushing out of TCO. And it's very much the honeymoon phase. It's very much like, you know, everybody's all very kumbaya and very impressed with each other. Um, you can kind of tell by the way that things are reported, <laughs> the the mood, the attitude. You know, Justin Jefferson gets a catch over Patrick Peterson. Oh, that was the other. Patrick Peterson had a hell of a day on Wednesday. He had two picks, and he was blanketing guys all day. Um, so nice to see a good day out of him. But, like, 
Patrick Peterson gets an interception on Justin Jefferson. And in a, in a happy world where everybody's very optimistic and you're in the honeymoon phase, that's a great Patrick Peterson play. And if, uh, if, if it were year eight of your coach like it was last year, that's a bad Justin Jefferson play. It's, you know, I the beholder, right? And everything's zero sum for somebody to win. Somebody else has to lose. So we kind of always have to take that stuff in stride. Um, but it's it's kind of something you can observe to see what the mood is. And, and everybody who's come into camp, um, like from outside, like national people have all said, yeah, wow, there's like this really great air around the Vikings. They all seem to really be working together well. And there's this buzz and energy and they're all really excited and hyped about each other and all that stuff. Um, so if that's worth getting excited for you, then then go for it. I guess the only other thing from Wednesday in camp that bears mentioning is um, there's been a lot of snap issues in the second team. That's been Chris Reed and Mannion and Mond. Um, so something about that snap exchange is going really bad. It's often the center's fault, um, but to a point, I mean, it's an exchange, right? It's both of their fault. Um, but I mean, Chris Reed hasn't been a center. He hasn't played center outside of camp in preseason in his whole career, and at least not in the NFL. I don't know if he did in college. Um, so he doesn't have a lot of experience doing that. So yeah, if that's, if that's your chief Garrett Bradbury competition, I'm sorry, y'all. Don't hang your hats on that guy beating out Garrett Bradbury, especially if he can't snap, which is the second time that the chief Garrett Bradbury competition was a guy who cannot snap. <laughs> Mason Cole is awful at it, too. Um, yeah, I would get your hopes up for... Uh, major flipping change in the guard there. Um, at least not, not right away. So look, uh, the conversation with, um, Sean Syed was very long. Um, and so I want to make sure I get into it real fast. So let's talk about built bar and then we'll get into that. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and it's chock full of collagen protein, which your body absorbs really, uh, naturally, really easily. Cookie dough chunk puff is their latest abomination. It's light and chewy. It has real cookie dough chunks and it's covered in hundred percent chocolate, but only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in that bad boy. So you can feel pretty good about waking up in the middle of the night, craving something chocolatey or cookie doughy or marshmallowy or all three and housing one of those things at 2 AM and going back to bed or after a workout or something, it's a protein bar after all. So Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. We'll start off with Sean in one second, but first, let me tell you about two new things that I'm really excited to bring to you. The Minnesota Football Party is a podcast with me, Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, and hosted by uh, Sam Ekstrom. And it's very fun. First episode already went out. Second episode will also be out today at some point. Um, so that's a now bi-weekly podcast that we're doing, uh, throughout the whole season ensemble podcast, very similar vibes to the old zone coverage football machine. Uh, and of course has all three of those guys plus me. <laughs> so it's the zone coverage football machine plus me. If you're into that, go check it out. Also the history documentary, uh, the, History of the Minnesota Vikings is a seven-part documentary series that I've been working on. I'm very, very excited to bring it to you. Part two comes out on Friday if you are a Patreon subscriber. So come to Patreon. Join me at patreon.com slash NFL. And if you don't want to join, that's okay. It will be free to view on Saturday. Just got to wait an extra day. But if you want it early access, patreon.com slash NFL. Now, let's dive into some X's and O's. For this conversation... Um, I'm going to have 
a lot more screenshots and visualizations and stuff up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Um, if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're in the car or something you can't watch on YouTube, no worries. We're going to be as descriptive as possible, but it's another one of those that I recommend you watch on YouTube if you can. Um, the Just because a lot of people got upset about it before, I am not revealing any secret that is not already public information. Um, most of these screenshots are from several years ago. They are all from either Rams or 49ers playbooks, and it's just we're going to run the same things, and that's a pretty easy assumption to make. A lot of people got real upset about that, and I'm here to, to soothe you, all right? It ain't going to be that way. Um, and all of these visualizations were uh, provided by Sean Syed himself. So, again, thank you so much, Sean. Um, it's very dense stuff, um, and so if you need to slow it down, stop, start, take time to digest and stuff. I recommend that you do that. Maybe this is one you kind of work at over the day instead of just like throwing on in the background or whatever. But with any luck, uh, we will all have a very like base intuitive understanding of what the Vikings are going to try to do schematically at the highest, highest, highest level. This is very much a fan's understanding. Um, anybody who works in the NFL probably can't gain anything from this podcast. This is all stuff that you would already know. But for, you know, lay people like you and me, um, this is, I learned a ton. And I hope this can help kind of expand your understanding of the Vikings, which is the whole point of this show. So here's the conversation. All right, everybody. Super, super excited to be here with Sean Syed at Syed Schemes on Twitter. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I ha- we, you, you're going to learn me some a little bit today, huh? <laughs> Luke, I appreciate it. You know, we're... We're getting dangerously close to real football games, and it is an exciting time for all of us. Yes, and so, of course, new coach, McVeigh Disciple. We all want to know what he's running. Turns out, McVeigh Concepts. We were all very <laughs> surprised to learn. Um, so I wanted to ask you to explain to me a couple of very... Because you are a McVeigh and Fangio scheme geek. Like, you're really well-versed in both of the things the Vikings will be running. So I'm really, really excited to have you on here. Um, so all I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you about a couple of uh, offensive concepts, and then I just want to ask you to just teach me a little bit about Fangio coverage stuff. And um, most of this is stuff that I do not know, so I'm very excited to learn alongside the audience today. Um, I am pretty familiar with Dagger and the idea of a high-low concept, um, but f- for a... F- from like a football 101 perspective, what is dagger? And I, what I want to really get into is why things are designed the way they are. Like what's the purpose? What's the goal um, of combining routes in, in the way you do with dagger? Yep, I think dagger is a great place to start. As you said, it's a high low concept. So we'll go routes, we'll go reads, and then we'll go kind of how it plays out against certain coverages. Really, really three main aspects to dagger. First, a vertical clear out. So it's usually just a deep vertical or through post. And we want to catch the safety's eyes, that near safety's eyes. Second, mm-hmm. we're going to have a deep in of some sort. Uh, it's usually just a dig at 20 yards, sometimes an 18, 20-yard kind of window, depending on the level you're at, playing in high school or something like that. And the final part of dagger, it's an underneath route. So in old two-by-two dagger, it would usually be a shallow kind of coming across the formation. Uh, mm-hmm. It could even be the back out and play action. Uh, they have play action dagger concepts. And then lastly, just trying to continue to stretch out the coverage, our underneath route. In a three-by-one example, we'll have it be the middle receiver. And the run, we'll just call it a pivot. 
So kind of mm-hmm. think about it just like an the, cha- the old Chad Beebe route is what we call it here. <laughs> <laughs> or he was, yeah, pivot, whip out. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So you think of your eight-year-old curl turning back into the quarterback. If you have tight man or zone coverage kind of sliding to you, you can work away from your coverage toward the sideline, pull even further to you. Now the depth there is important because you need to be deep enough that you can draw the hook defender down to you and really open up mm-hmm. that ding window. So that's really right. So yeah, so that that shallow concept can't be at the line of scrimmage. It needs to be able to catch that linebacker and essentially make that linebacker either man match with you, and now he's bought you and he can't sell you and he's going to run away with you, and that or at least get him in some sort of conflict with the dig that's that's backside. Um, exactly. Yeah. Conflict yeah. is conflict is the best word to put it. We want to put these defenders in conflict. Excellent. And that's not unlike uh, earlier in the week, I went over bow, which is a very similar one, except instead of a pivot, it can just be like a hook. Um, but you've got it's still and it's out of a tight. So you have you're still trying to do the same thing. Put that hook curl defender in uh, or that hook defender in conflict and wrap a backside dig around it and hopefully or wrap a little in breaking dig route behind it. Hopefully get a throwing window. I want to move to the next one, uh, which is Swiss or maybe cheddar. Uh <laughs> So we don't love talking about cheese on Locked On Vikings for obvious reasons, but uh, I, I have no idea what they would call it in Minnesota, but you can probably assume that they're running some version of this. So what is Swiss? What is Swiss? So it, it's going to share kind of broader concepts with Dagger. You can run it from two by two. I kind of owes a debt to the old double dig concepts. Rams ran in the Super Bowl a bunch from bunch. So really basically in bunch, you have your point receiver on the line. He's a kind of tip of the triangle, receiver off the ball, tight to both sides, right and left. So your point receiver is going to run a, a crosser, uh, maybe deep over. You can have different words for it. Breaking somewhere in that 10-yard range. Inside receiver to that point man's left is going to stem to run a pivot. But it's going to be a little bit different than our pivot that we talked about in dagger. Because that's more shallow. Because our third route, the outside receiver, it's just going to be a seven-step in the 10-yard range, uh, some Shanahan Bay guys called either drift or strike. So whereas in uh, Dagger, we had that 18 to 20-yard mark. Here in Swiss, we're gonna, it's going to be closer in that 10-yard range. It can, be, it can vary a little bit. Gotcha. Um, so we're, we're still doing that, you know, clear out and then something intermediate and then something low, and we're trying to get those last two to put someone in conflict. That's still, like, the, the main idea. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that and you mentioned okay. um like that having a little small shallow with uh or sorry the small pivot with a basic over it it's it's a common concept and it makes sense yeah. it's a west coast staple you want, we're creating conflict yeah we're stretching it in different it's taking base ideas that is something i really like about McVay and shanahan stuff is it's base ideas we want to stretch the defense now we can draw lines on a paper in any sort of way to get there i will say in swiss it it's going to be more of a horizontal stretch just because that point mm. man's crosser isn't going to be super vertical. So that's why I think it should get grouped a little bit closer to kind of double dig, but that window and that concept is hopefully going to look the same uh, on tape. Certainly. Excellent. Excellent. Um, So to that end, part of what everybody's getting really excited about with the Vikings right now is speed. You've got Jefferson. He's got a lot of speed. Um, Adam Thielen, doesn't have so much speed anymore, but maybe more than you think for a guy of his age. KJ Osborne has come into camp faster every year. He's just worked on it so hard. He's got his speed. Amir Smith-Marset is the fourth guy uh, right now or competing to be the fourth guy, and he's a good speedster. And even like Dalvin Cook, 
looks faster than ever. They've got a running back, Kenny Wongu, who sometimes you'll have, they, they've actually had a running back. They got really upset that this leaked. They had a running back, um, Dalvin Cook in bunches. So you might have Ru- Dalvin Cook be the guy running that pivot or running that like little, little drift route or even one, running one of the dig routes um, because he's got the speed to be able to do it. And that can get to weird stuff where you've got suddenly linebackers as part of like a banjo and stuff. But that brings me to how defenses deal with this stuff and specifically Fangio style defenses like the one the Vikings are going to run. So in just a moment, I want to start asking you about that. We'll flip to the defense in just a second. But first, let me talk to you about therapy. Folks, men especially, therapy is awesome. I'm a big time number one therapy fan. I think even if you are perfectly happy and content in your life, therapy is a great avenue for you to discover a better version of your own self, and everybody should be into that. The thing about therapy is, though, a lot of people will get into therapy, they'll have one consult with one person, and it won't be the right person for them, and then they'll think, oh, I don't really like therapy like as a whole. But a, a lot of times, it's just because you didn't have the right person. So try a bunch of people, and that is where better help can come in. Um, I have been going to therapy for like two years, and it has absolutely helped me to just chisel a better version of myself out of what I started with. Um, It's just good for you. To me, it's like going to the gym, but for your brain, for your your soul. Uh, So go to BetterHelp. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Um, It's just a few clicks on your laptop. It's not a self-help grift. It's not a crisis hotline or anything like that. It is just a resource for you to go make yourself into a better version of you. And I think that's really beautiful. So go to betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. And my listeners get 10% off of your first month of online therapy. If you go to that link, betterhelp.com slash locked on. So moving on with this uh, very X's and O's heavy episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. I'm here with Sean Syed at Syed Schemes, an excellent follow on Twitter if you're interested in this stuff and you want to see like actual screenshots from NFL playbooks that the coaches use. Don't worry, it's all old stuff. Nobody's leaking anything and any uh, cherished secrets, but it's all, you know, stuff from years ago, but it's still the same concepts. Um but now I want to switch to the defensive side of the ball because we've spent a lot of time on this show trying to get to know what the new defense will look like. We have been staring at ma- uh, you know man match cover seven double A gap Mike Zimmer stuff for eight years, and we're going into a whole new world with the the with a Fangio disciple. Um, so you have, as I understand, come prepared to talk a whole lot about um, covering against three by one. So before we get into how three by one, uh, how we respond to three by one. I want to just quick talk about what is the problem that three by one presents that we're trying to solve? Like why is three by one so scary? So since if you think first in three by one, if Tyreek Hill is your number three guy, the innermost guy, if he's running up the field, his matchup may force your linebacker to be kind of carrying that vertical. Uh, you can also have concepts where they're really just flood concepts. We want to flood, flood the coverage. Uh, and force people in different ways. It's a space issue. It's kind of a speed issue. So three by one is is going to be a favorite formation for the NFL because you're going to have limitations based on the rules, of course, on how many guys you can have to one side of the field and the spacing rules. So three by one makes sense. It opens up kind of a lot of passing concepts. So you have to become prepared to have tools in your toolbox to deal with it. Excellent. So let's talk about those tools then. Um, so you've got, I, I wish 
I don't wish, but I wish we still had Devontae Adams in the division as an example, because this is what the Packers did. They would do three by one, and they would put Devontae Adams on the backside, and it would like force a bunch of one-on-ones. It just absolutely shredded the Vikings constantly. Um, so... Not Devontae Adams, but and there's like a lot of really bad receivers in the North now. But, you know, some team like that. Three by one, they come out, they've got some superstar, they're moving them all over the formation. What are the principles we're angling at here? Um, and what sort of coverages will we start to see from a Fangio defense? So I, I think you make a great point, and that backside X is going to be a problem. A lot of these coverages are going to lead to one-on-ones in the backside. So a lot of this kind of goes on the principle that, hey, look, if we can't cover one-on-one on the backside, we can't really mess around with kind of finding high lows or doubles on number three. But three kind of post-snap, about one coverages, really focusing more on the shells. So we start in that two-high shell. Think about, say, there's three receivers. Right. Two deep side. safeties. Think, yep. Think about the safety away from that three wide receivers in some way coming down. So most popular third-down mm-hmm. coverage you'll see in the NFL, Fangio calls it one hole, man coverage across the board. But a safety is going to drop mm-hmm. down to the sticks and look for work. So usually that work is is a bender in some way, but you can think about it as a bender from number three. Or even in Swiss, where you have that point man working across the field like that, your backside safety rolling down can eye that and pick that up. It could be the strong safety or the weak safety in rotation. And rules can – they really can just vary based on formation or game plan. And there is kind of rat rules or, you know, some people call it robber or passing it off. So say you get that person on the bender, your safety is coming down to it. Now you can have that person that was playing man keep in that low hip trail on the top of it, or you can just have them pass it off. And it's not unlike if people have been listening to this show, if they were listening to this show last year, it's not unlike a poach coverage in a, in a Sabanese kind of thing where you have a backside safety that is sort of lurking around going low and looking for something to mess with on the front side. Like it's, different in that you know it's a more pure man-to-man coverage and you're not doing like match concepts on the front side but that safety's job is a little bit more like that and that is one of the things cam bynum did really well in the couple of games that he played and he's apparently having a really good camp so that's might be one of those things like if he can be that backside safety in one hole and be really good at looking for work, reading things, going and making plays. He got an interception on Lamar Jackson out of a poach coverage last year. Um, That can be one of the things that makes this whole thing like exciting. Um, So I guess my question then becomes what's next. What what do you have next on the docket here? There's the the quarters cover eight stuff. And we've, we've all known about cover two and three and four, but eight is a, a number that will scare people that are only familiar with like the Madden version of the coverages. So what do we mean when we talk about cover six and cover eight? So I guess first in, in we'll go Fangio terms, right? Cause people use all yeah. different numbers, different things. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Fangio, it's a quarter adjustment uh, that they, they're going to call cover eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be half okay. quarters, quarters. I, yeah. That's what I've been calling it is quarter, quarter, half and half quarter, quarter. Yeah, and then that the one that starts off is just what you're doing in the passing string. So in cover eight, yeah. half quarter quarter, half to the passing string. Playing halves in, in high school, it's hard because of really how far those hashes are. So you're mm-hmm. asking kids who cover a lot of space. And the NFL hashes are generally more conducive to playing halves. So we let's split the field in half in our minds in cover eight. So to the trip corner, to that three receiver side, and that safety is playing over the top is playing that half. On the backside, if you're playing a concept where you're having your weak safety 
do any sort of poaching, that corner is really going to be locked in man to man. So again, if you're an offense and you want to isolate and take, take advantage of that, for example, in Swiss, your backside X, if you want to run a comeback or they have a scout concept or really anything where that's an, that's a matchup where we can take advantage of, you can win on that. But mm-hmm. so again, our cover eight example against three by one to that strong uh, side we're in halves and the weak side safety here, it's really what makes the coverage kind of interesting. They can just play a concept where they side. So if you can think of the offense running four verticals with a bender from three, it would let the cover two corner kind of low hit carry that vertical. The half safety is kind of working over two and one. I uh, kind of just finding the sweet spot in terms of leverage. But now the weak side safety can take that bender of three. And that doesn't force a person up the field. Again, we have a fa- hopefully a faster right. body that can take that, take that bender up the field. Right. So if I understand here, um, it kind of allows you to get, if that, if that backside X, that isolated guy is really scary, it allows you to get a bracket on him. You can have, um, I think you would just like a low hip trail or like you have, which all that means is the cornerback is playing kind of staying on the guy's back hip and staying a couple yards off of him, mostly because you have a safety over the top that can help you. And so you've kind of got that bracketed and a quarterback should see that and know not to throw it. And if he does, that's on him. Um, and then kind of everywhere else you get other quarters concepts, stuff that we might be a little bit more familiar with from the Zimmer days. Um, but only playing it kind of on that half. And still it seems like the real crux of all of this is that everything starts from a too high shell and then moves downward. Um, it starts up and moves downhill and that can be really exploited in the run game. And that's why you need guys that need to be able to like explode downhill really fast. And if you look at the Vikings draft, they took Lewis scene and Andrew Booth and Brian Azamoa, who are all guys that see a gap and explode like they're shot out of a cannon downhill and get it. And that's like all guys that have that skill set. That, yeah, that is something that's really exciting to hear. I think that these are generally going to be passed on coverages, but really safeties with the versatility, if you can get an even big nickel personnel. Uh, and just, yeah, we have a, a really exciting big about, nickel package. Yeah, and that's, that's great to hear. You have edge, I know you have edge rushers that can rush the passer. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, this is the kind of thing you could do and people have done you know, six one-hour clinics on and you still probably only scratch the surface of it. Um, so that has to be all the, the time we can spend on it. Um, Sean, tell me, uh, tell the people again, where you can, where they can find you and plug your stuff, plug what you got going, uh, let people know where to go. Yeah. Just, you know, you can look on the screen if you're on YouTube or it's Syed schemes on Twitter spelled S Y E D schemes. And look, I tweet a lot. Just follow, follow the tweets. It's me and my two brothers. We just, we love football. Uh, I really, I feel like I've spent a lot of time on that Shannon McVay stuff and that Fangio stuff. So all you NFL guys, you know, keep, Keep hiring my, the friends of Sean McVay onto your staff so my stuff gets better and better, but really looking forward to another season. Yeah, and if any NFC North defensive coordinators are uh, trying to listen in on this, give uh, give Syed a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll answer them. Tomorrow, we're going to keep going with camp. I will keep you updated on the day-to-day best I can. But if you're bored, in the meantime, go check out patreon.com slash NFL. And if you want to join me on there, you can watch part two of the history documentary. It is an hour long. It covers uh, the 
late 60s and early 70s, so that means Super Bowl Four is in there, and you get to know a lot of who made the Vikings of the 70s great. A lot of half the Purple People leaders, the, the half we haven't already covered, uh, Paul Krause is in there, all those linebackers, guys like Gene Washington, guys like Ed White and Ron Yeri. It's very fun. Um, and the, honestly, the Super Bowl four part is one of my favorite parts of the entire series. I really hope you guys check that out. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.